Welcome to the High Prices Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's lead pastor, Chris Sestar. Get your Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 5. And while you're turning, let me, let me set the table. Uh, I, am, I am going to preach now, I don't know what you're ready for. I think the atmosphere has got us all fired up, but I'm fixing to throw down and preach, as we say down south. I've got a, I've got a message that I have preached before. I've preached this. is one of my favorite texts in the Bible, and I've got a sermon on this. I didn't, even, I didn't even pull it out. I just did a whole brand new study, let the Lord just speak to me, and I'm just going to throw down and preach today. So if you want to have a throwdown and get with a throwdown sermon, then here's your chance. But I want to do more than throwdown and preach. I want to declare the unalterable, powerful truths of God. And then I want us to get in this altar, and I want to see people get a breakthrough. We've sung about breakthrough, but we need a breakthrough. I feel in my spirit that we need a breakthrough in the church. We need a breakthrough in our lives. We need a breakthrough in America. The church in America needs a breakthrough. Listen, I love y'all, but high praises, you need a breakthrough. Some of you need God to break through in your life and set you free and elevate you and catapult you to a whole other level. I'm sick and tired of being at the same place. I'm sick and tired of going through the motions. I'm sick and tired of just uh, of going through these fundamental things. I'm wanting a move of God. I want God to do something powerful. Is there anybody in high praises that feels the way I do this morning? If you do, you're in the right place. 2 Samuel chapter 5 Beginning at verse 17, I love this story. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. And God said, you shall not go up. Don't go straight at them this time, but circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord, will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Can you say amen to the word? You can be seated this morning. No anecdotes, no illustrations, no funny stories. I'm just going straight into this story. The Bible says that David was anointed the king of of Israel. When this occurred, the Philistines, who are the arch 
enemy of Israel heard about it and made a decision that they were going after David to take him out. Their goal, their objective was to eliminate him, to assassinate him, to attack him, and to destroy him. I'm going to start right here and preach to you today. Brothers and sisters, I hope you have figured this out, but there is a devil out there. There is an enemy of your soul, and he doesn't like you. The, the, the Bible tells us that you, we are called. The Bible tells us that we are appointed. The Bible informs us that we are anointed by God. We have a destiny. We have a purpose. We have a plan. You have been designated a priest and a king. A priest is a spiritual leader. Listen, God wants you to be more than just the spiritual leader of your household. He wants you to be a spiritual leader at work. He wants you to be a spiritual leader when you're out on the golf course. He wants you to be a spiritual leader when you're at the grocery store. He wants us to permeate our society with spiritual leadership. And then we've been called to be kings. We've been called to, to rule and reign, to operate in divine authority, and you have an assignment as a king. Your, your assignment is to go out and to attack the enemy and to tear down the devil's kingdom. God has called you to undo what the devil has done. God has called you to loose what the devil has bound. God has called you to mend what the devil has broken. God has called you to heal what the devil has hurt. God has called you to shine light in the devil's darkness. God has called you to speak truth everywhere the devil is sharing lies. You have a job to do. You have a ministry to perform. And the enemy of your soul doesn't like this. And so you better know he's going to try to stop you. He's going to try to take you out. And let me, let me just share five things that I want to preach to you today. I've got a lot to preach. He'll come after you, first of all, to distract you. If he can get you distracted, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm worried about the church and I'm worried about my church. Because I'm not on Facebook, but if I went by Facebook and what some of you post on Facebook, I can tell you right now, some of you are distracted. You're distracted by things that you're involved in, things that you're doing. You're trying to be like the world. You're trying to look like the world. You're trying to act like the world. The last time I checked, the world belonged to the devil. You're distracted. You've got your mind and your eyes on everything else. And, you, and, the, and if the devil can get you distracted, he is ultimately won. If he can't distract you, he'll detour you. The Bible says we're to put our eyes on Jesus and follow hard after Jesus. But the devil will get you to veer off and go after something else. It might be education. It might be a relationship. It might be a new job. It might be a career change. Are those things inherently wrong? No, not at all. But when you put those things ahead of God, when you put those things in front of the Lord, when you sacrifice your prayer time and your Bible reading and you start compromising the things of God to go after those things, the devil has you on a detour. If he can't distract you and detour you, he'll discourage you. He'll get you focused on something that makes you feel disappointed, that makes you feel defeated, that makes you feel like that you're less than what God's called you to be. 
He'll get you on something that you wanted so bad and it fell through and then now you're discouraged and you'll walk and live in discouragement and you'll walk and live in bitterness. And if he can get you living in that state, he's defeated you. If he can't distract you, if he can't detour you, if he can't discourage you, then he'll deceive you. The, the devil is a liar. Some of you need to stop listening to the devil. Some of you need to stop listening to the puppets of the devil. Because the devil will lie to you. The devil will tell you you're not saved when you're saved. The devil will tell you you're not right with God when you're right with God. The devil will tell that you don't have faith when you do have faith. The devil will tell you that you don't matter when you do matter. The devil will tell you that you're a nobody when the Bible says you're somebody. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. And if you listen to the lies of the devil, then you'll believe what he's telling you and you'll live a life of falsehood and the devil will win. If he cannot distract you, if he cannot detour you, if he cannot discourage you, if he cannot deceive you, then the devil will destroy you. He'll try to destroy you. And the devil has creative ways of destroying you. If he can get you full of, listen, somebody, somebody offends you, somebody hurts you, you better forgive them and let it go. You walk around all the time telling people about how somebody's failed you and you keep telling that story over and over and over again. The devil has already won in your life. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, the devil will use it to destroy you. If you have bitterness because somebody did something against you, that bitterness will destroy you. If you, if you have, hold a grudge against somebody, that grudge will destroy you. Are you hearing me this morning? The devil doesn't have to get you to go commit adultery or go get drunk and get arrested for DUI. If he can just get you to have an unforgiving spirit and then it, and it wraps you up and entangles you, it will destroy you. David heard this news that the Philistines had put a bullseye on him. And the Bible says in response, he went down to the stronghold. The stronghold was the city of Jerusalem. And a stronghold is a fortified place that protects you from an attack. Think about the old forts in the old westerns where the soldiers were and the settlers could run to the fort to be protected from the Indians. That's a fortress, a stronghold. And so this implies that David first went into a defensive posture. Now, y'all, we're real here. When somebody attacks you, when somebody criticizes you, when somebody opposes you, it is only natural to go on the defensive. I do that. Somebody starts talking about me or coming against me, I get defensive. I get defensive. I want to protect myself. And so when the devil goes on the offensive, you will go on the defensive immediately. But that's okay because the Bible tells me you have a stronghold named Jesus. You have a refuge named God. I want to show you Psalm 18 verses 2 and 3. David said, the Lord is my rock 
and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Do you see that? And he said, therefore, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and so shall I be saved from my enemies. I'm so glad this morning that when I am threatened, I can run to Jesus. He really is a rock in a weary land. He really is a shelter in the time of storm and the devil may come against me and he will. He can try to terrorize me. He can try to intimidate me. He can move his puppets of the devil against me. However, the last time I checked, the devil cannot cross the bloodline. He cannot cross the bloodline, y'all. He cannot get to you. He cannot get to me. He can scream, yell, do all he wants. But if he's going to get to me, he's got to go through Jesus to get to me. And as long as I stay close to the Lord, I'll stay sheltered Beneath the arms of God. I've got a refuge. So David was in a refuge. And the Philistines knew they couldn't get to David in Jerusalem. It was too well fortified. So they tried another tactic. They took their army and deployed their army in the valley of Rephaim. Preachers love word studies. And boy, there's a good one here. The word Rephaim simply means giants. We know what a valley is. A valley is a low place topographically or geographically. So if you would take the symbolism of this place, it would go something like this. The valley of Rephaim is that place in your life where you are feeling low. And at the same time, facing an opponent that is greater than you are in strength and size. You ever found yourself in the valley of Rephaim? Oh, yeah, I have. You ever found yourself in that low place in life? See, here's the spiritual insight. I'm going to help somebody today. The devil knows he can't get to you when you're all pumped up spiritually, when you're strong spiritually, when you're tight with the Lord and you're praying and reading the Bible, everything's going well, so he'll just back off and he'll wait you out because the devil knows that we go through things in this life. We don't always stay on the mountain. Every once in a while something bad happens and you find you, you wake up one morning and find yourself in the valley. You'll find yourself in a low spot and that's when the devil deploys his army and says, aha, now I'm going to get you. And he'll put something in your life that is overwhelming, something that is intimidating, something that that goes beyond your ability to handle, and he'll hit you hard. I kind of felt like that happened to me this week. I've I've been praying, reading the Bible, in tune with the Lord. Everything's going well. I feel like I'm right where I need to be, and then I get COVID, and I'm feeling bad, and and I'm feeling rough, and I'm just trying to fight to get healthy. I want to tell you right now, when you have COVID, you don't feel like praying. You don't feel like reading your Bible. You don't feel spiritual when you have COVID. You feel about as fleshly as you can be. And when I get sick, I've eaten. I think I put on 10 pounds. I ate everything in the refrigerator. I didn't feel like fasting. I felt like feeding. You don't feel spiritual. 
And right when I was going through COVID, that's when I got a text one day about somebody in this church who had who was running their mouth against me. And I'm going to leave it at that right now because I'm going to call them personally and they're going to get a phone call from me. But are running their mouth against me and complaining about me and telling things about me that aren't true. Let me tell you, I didn't start speaking in tongues and feeling holy. I got upset. I got carnal. I got fleshly. Then I did have to go pray. The devil, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost all over me. The devil, it doesn't matter if you're, matter if you're a preacher. The devil knows. We better stop playing games. Did you hear this preacher? I didn't come here to play. I may lose a few members over this sermon. That's all right. But you'll get a, you have a pastor here who will tell you the truth and help you get to heaven. We better stop playing games. We better get serious about God. David inquired of the Lord. He asked two questions. He said, God, shall I stay where I am in this stronghold, in a defensive position, or should I go up against the Philistines and go on the offensive? Which one should I do? That's question one. And then he said, will you deliver them into my hand if I deal with them? In other words, now, Lord, if you do tell me to go up and handle this, I need you. Don't you leave me sticking out there all by myself. I got to know you, you've got my back. I think those are two good things to know, don't you? You know, the easiest thing to do is stay on the defensive. The easiest thing to do is to hold up. The easiest thing to do is to avoid confrontation. The easiest thing to do is to skirt the issue. The easiest thing to do is just Tolerate the devil's oppression in your life. The easiest thing to do is just hold him at bay. That's the easy thing to do, but it'll wear you down after a while. Psychologists tell us that when faced with a crisis, you will do one of four things. You will flee. That's the flight mode. You will freeze and do absolutely nothing. You will fight, except the problem, it's the wrong kind of fight. You're fighting You're fighting against things that aren't, you're doing more damage than you are good. Or you formulate a plan. You freeze, you flee, you fight, or you formulate a plan. Brothers and sisters, there comes a time when you're dealing with things, when the enemy is coming against you, there comes a time when you have to say, you know what, I need to formulate a battle plan. I need to confront the enemy. I need to tell the devil that I have had enough. I need to call somebody. I need to have that hard conversation. I need to deal with the issue. And when do you do, let me just encourage you, you better be prayed up when you do it. You better be have on the armor of God when you do it. You, you better know the word of God relative to the issue because it is your weapon. You want to know that God is with you to give you the victory. But once you have that assurance, then you go forward and start into that thing to deal with it because you know God's going to give you the victory. So David moved out. God commanded David to go on the offensive, so he took his army to the valley of Rephaim, and he attacked the Philistines, and he defeated them that day. He beat a stew out of them. That's the way I like to preach it. Beat a stew out of those Philistines. But there is something extraordinary that happened 
that I'm excited about and I want somebody at high praises to get excited about. God went before the army of Israel and created an environment of breakthrough. How many know our God's a creative God? How many know God can set things up for you? I like to hit a golf ball, but I got to tee it up before I can hit it off the off the off the off the uh, the, the, the the tee box, right? I got to tee it up. How many know God will tee it up for you? God will tee it up for you. He's a creative God. He created an environment of breakthrough. He prepared the way for the victory. I don't know the details. I can only surmise. He weakened the enemy's defenses. He turned their courage into fear. Their weapons failed to work properly in the battle. There was confusion among their ranks. He created gaps in the enemy's lines so David and his men could rush through and and defeat them. It was a fixed fight because of an environment created in advance for breakthrough. Listen, you may be guilty this morning of trying to figure out how am I going to fix this thing? Who, who am I going to call? What am I going to, what am I going to post on the internet? <laughs> like that fixes things. Ha, ha, ha. What resource do I have? What wisdom can I pull from? What connections can I reach out to? What strength do I have? Listen, you want to handle it on your own, but you can't handle this thing by yourself. But I came here this morning to say to you that if you'll just do an old-fashioned, simple, godly thing and talk to Jesus, just pray, just have a little talk with Jesus, tell him all about your trouble, he'll hear your faintest cry, he'll answer by and by, he'll get a little prayer wheel turning, and you'll know a little fire is burning, just a little talk with Jesus will make it right. If you'll just pray, just say, God, I need you to show up, I don't know what to do, God will show up and create an environment of breakthrough just for you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it this morning? Just for you. Woo! I haven't done that in a long, long time, have I? It's been years since I've done that. My God, that had to come out. He will break through before you break through. He will address the matter ahead of you. He will move. Somebody needs this. He's going to move things in your favor. He's going to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? It's going to happen. I believe it. Listen, when the doctor says it's not going to happen, when the lawyer says it won't happen, when your boss says it'll never occur, when the advisor, the counselor, the banker tell you that it's impossible, God will alter your circumstances. God will open doors for you. God will send you assistance. God will change your environment. God will move heaven and earth if he has to so that you can get your breakthrough. Somebody give him praise in this house this morning. My God, I'm preaching with everything I got. Hallelujah. He's the God of the breakthrough. Look at somebody and say, he's the God of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. 
That day, they beat the stew out of the Philistine. Ran them off. Because God had created an environment of breakthrough. And that day, there was a name change geographically in the land of Israel. Up until that point, the place had been called the Valley of Rephaim. But when David got through and God got through, David said, I don't see any giants around here. And this ain't a low spot. Right now, this is a high point in my ministry. We need to change the name of this place. And I got a name. Well, David, you're the king. You can name it whatever you want. I'm going to name it Baal Perizim. Okay? What does Baal Perizim means? means? It means the Lord of the breakthrough. He didn't call it Townville, Honey of Path, Iva, or Star. He didn't name it after Fant or McDuffie or anybody else who's a founding father of this city. No, he named it after the father. He said, let's call it Baal Perism, the Lord of the breakthrough. We're going to name it after God. Listen, some of you this morning, you're in a bad place. You're in a bad place and you put a bad label on it. You're in a place right now that's so bad you don't even want to think about it. You don't want to talk about it. Some of you can't focus in church right now because it is dominating your mind. Some of you, we've got names for some of y'all's place. Some of you are in the valley of loneliness. Some of you are in the valley of brokenness. That's the name of your place. You're broken today. You're inside. You are so broken up. You feel like you've been dismantled. Some of you are in the valley of desperation. If you don't get an answer, you're, you're frantic right now. You're frantic. Some of you, the name of your place is the valley of imminent divorce. If something doesn't happen, you're going to find yourself in divorce court. Some of you are in the valley of abuse. That's right. Might be verbal, physical, emotional, but you're in the valley of abuse. Some of you are in the valley of poor health. Some of you are in the valley of mental anguish. Some of you are in the valley of emotional instability. That's the name of your place in your life. Some of you are in the valley of financial ruin. If something doesn't happen, you're going to lose everything. And I'm going to preach right here. Some of you this morning at high praises, you're in the valley of Ichabod. You know what Ichabod means? Some of you, the only reason you know Ichabod is because of Ichabod Crane and the legend of the headless horseman. But let me tell you what Ichabod means. It's a Hebrew word. It means no glory. No glory. The glory of the Lord is left. The glory of the Lord is in some of you right now. You're in a spiritual place. You can't remember when you felt the glory of God. Come on, I'm preaching to you today. I love you, but I'm going to preach to you. Somebody needs to talk to some of you, and I'm it. Some of you are in the valley of Ichabod. You haven't shouted. You haven't felt the Holy Ghost. You can't remember when the hair stood up on the backs of your necks. You, Some of you are spirit-filled. You haven't spoken in tongues. You haven't operated in the gifts. You're in a dry season. You're in a barren place. You're in the valley of Ichabod. But I came here to tell you today, you need a breakthrough, and the God of the breakthrough is in this house ready to change the name of the place where you're at. 
He's the God of the breakthrough. He doesn't want you where you're at. He wants you somewhere else. He wants to give you victory, and he wants to change the name of loneliness to the place of companionship. He wants to change the name of, of brokenness to the place of wholeness for you. He wants to take the place of desperation and make it a place for you of joy and hope. For those of you facing divorce, he wants to turn it into a place of reconciliation. For those in the place of abuse, he wants to make it a place of protection. For those in a place of poor health. He wants to make it a place of healing. Come on, somebody. For those in mental anguish and emotional instability, he wants to give you peace and serenity. And my God, for those of you who are in the valley of Ichabod, he wants to turn it into the valley of the Shekinah. I'm talking about the blazing, brilliant glory of Almighty God where you feel the Holy Ghost and you shout and speak in tongues and the hair stands up on the back and you feel waves of glory down in your soul. My God, somebody stand up and praise him in this house. Just praise him for about a minute. My God. We need the glory. We need the glory. I want the glory. Do you want the glory? I want the presence of God. I want the power of God in my life. I want my kids to see it. I want my grandchildren to have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just praise him in this place. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Sit down, I'm not through preaching. I'm almost through preaching. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. I've been praying for revival at high praises. I don't need an evangelist. I just need the Holy Ghost down here. I don't need a series of sermons and meanings. I just need the Holy Ghost to show up. If the Holy Ghost will show up, we'll have revival. The Holy Ghost will just show up in their hearts, they'll have revival. The Holy Ghost will just show up in my prayer meeting, I'll have revival. The Holy Ghost will show up in my in my quiet time, I'll have revival. If the Holy Ghost will show up when I get my Bible open, I'll have revival. Boy, if you're a visitor, I'm so glad you're here today. I don't act like this every Sunday, just today. You know, the Philistines, can I preach plain? They're stupid. 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 You just got whooped. Because that's what happens down south. We whoop people. I was preaching one Sunday about how we whoop our kids. My friend from Pennsylvania texted me later today. He said, just so you know, we whoop them up north too. I said, good. My best friends in the whole world, Alan Shetler. They're stupid. They got whooped. Pulled themselves together and said, let's go back out there and do it again. Now, unless we trivialize that 
We might better check it real quick because somebody needs this. How many know I'm trying to help y'all? How many know I'm trying to help y'all? Crazy nuts drew up in battle formation for a second time in the Valley of Rephaim. Bell Perizon. Pastor, what do we learn from that? Listen to me. Y'all shouting, all fired up. We're fixing to have a throwdown right here in a minute. But sometimes after God shows up and gives you the breakthrough, you're on the high and you're all fired up and feeling good. Devil that you thought had gotten whooped, the situation that you thought had gotten resolved, the issue you thought was settled will rear its ugly head again. Come on now, I'm preaching where we live. Any preacher can get up here and just get y'all pumped up, but I'm preaching life. All the old people said amen. Think you got the victory, then all of a sudden, where'd that come from? I thought, I thought it was over. I thought it was over. What? What God? I, why is this come? Why is it? Why are they saying? Why is he doing that? Why is this? Why? Because the devil will come back the second time. He'll see if he can make your victory short lived. Sometimes in the euphoria, that's when you're your weakest, riding that high. Y'all, I have tried to teach y'all for years: the just shall live by faith. You got to walk in faith every day. You gotta walk in faith every moment. After when you're feeling good, and then that all of a sudden something hits you out of the blue. Where'd that come from? You know what? You just come back with faith. You come back and say, "Okay, I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm not God. I don't understand." But I tell you, honey, what are we gonna? You look at your wife, honey. honey what are we gonna? I tell you what we're gonna do. We're gonna trust God again. See, sometimes the devil comes a second time around, and when you when you face it the second time, you gotta make up your mind. We're gonna deal with it again. When I face something, I want to teach you all a couple things, and then we're going to shout. When I face something for the first time that's intimidating, unnerving, all of you younger folks, listen to me. It'll rock you. It'll scare you. It'll shake you. It'll do all kinds of things to you. But the process of life, the walk of faith, is that you battle through. You get through it. You work through it. You pray through it. You trust God. God brings you through. Here's the thing that you got to learn. If it rears its ugly head again, you got to be different this time. You got to look at it and say, I already fought you once, devil. Now, the first time you scared me. The first time you got me. But I've already fought you once. Come on, somebody. I already fought you once. You're not going to have the same effect on me. Okay, ain't happening. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I, I got a different perspective this time. So, nope, you're not going to do whatever it is you think you're going to do because I licked you the first time through the power of God. I'm ready for you this time. I'm helping you all today. You all don't realize how I'm helping you all, but I'm helping you all to learn how to win the victory. Old-timers. I don't know when I'm going to be an old timer, but not yet. I went to the golf course the other day and found out I get the senior rate. I said, I'll take it. I'm a young man. 
Old timers taught me years ago. I'm so glad they taught me this, and I've tried to teach you all this. I haven't taught this in a long time. Some of you all need this. When God does something great in your life, this is what they taught me. Say God heals you. You get a healing. Hallelujah, right? A few days go by, symptoms will start coming back. Hey, where does this come from? Old timers taught me. They said, now listen, that's the Philistines coming back for the second time in the Valley of Rephaim. You already whipped it once. They're just trying to come back and see if they can put it on you. What you got to do is you got to talk to it. I said, so you talk to the sickness? They said, talk to the symptoms. I said, what do you do? They said, this is what you do. You say, uh-uh, you're not coming back on me. Stop it right now. No, sir, you will not. I will not hurt. You will not do No, you will not. Stop right now in Jesus' name. I said, what will happen? They said, it'll stop immediately. I said, no kidding. They said, yeah, you got to speak to it. So one time I had it happen to me. Got a healing. Then a few days later, symptoms started to come back. And I remember what the old timers taught me. I said, oh, no. Old timers taught me this. In the name of Jesus, you're not coming back on me. God healed me. I know God healed me. I had a touch from God. And when I did, everything went away instantly. Y'all, we got to stop playing games. We got to start realizing we have the power of God inside of us. The devil will try to come. When he does, you may have to say to the devil, devil, you're not putting me back where God has delivered me from. I'm standing in my victory. I stand in my breakthrough. All right, I'm closing with this. So David prayed. You want me to go back out there and face him again? Now, I've preached this through the years. I'm going to preach it the way I preach it. Some of you have never heard me preach it, but I'm going to preach it the way I preach it. Lord, do I just, do you mean, nope. I want you to circle around behind them. There's a grove of mulberry trees. Get your army in the backside and crawl through that mulberry tree grove and get in the middle of it. Get in from behind them. Then what do you want me to do, Lord? Wait on me. Because I am... Jehovah Sabbat, the Lord of the armies of heaven. How many of y'all know we're not fighting by ourselves? <laughs> I'm going to send an army ahead of your army. And when you hear the sound of my army marching over top of you in the top of the leaves of the mulberry trees... I'm sending my army out that you can send your army out and you all run and try to catch up and see if you can get there, beat us to them. And so David took his men and they got in the middle of that mulberry grove and they were waiting. They said, David, we go now? Nope, not yet. What are we waiting on? We're waiting on God. What do you mean waiting on God? Well, there's another army. What do you mean there's another army coming in? What army is it? Ammonites, Moabites? No, none of them. Are the Egyptians? Nope, not the Egyptians. It's an angelic army. Just be quiet. I'm trying to listen for something. You know, sometimes you just need to stop talking to everybody else and just listen for God. You just need to say, I'm tired of listening to what everybody else got to say to me. I just want to, I'm just waiting on God. When God says go, I'm going to go. And they were saying, all of a sudden, it started in the back of the grove. David, you know, had to be out in the front. But in the back of the grove, all of a sudden, from heaven, over their head, they heard. 
David heard the sound of that over the, the entire army, over the top of their head. And when he got right here, he said, oh boy, here it comes. He, what is that, David? That's the angels of heaven. That's the army of God going out of heaven. And then they heard the sound going ahead of them. And David said, boys, if you want to get on in this fight, you better get out there. Now. And they took off running towards the enemy and they beat the enemy and chased them all the way back to Gezer. Listen, I came here today to tell you, if you'll just get your ear down and listen for the voice of God, if you'll just stay in tune with God, God will move into your situation. He is the God of the breakthrough, and he doesn't want you defeated. He wants you to have victory today. He wants you to have victory today. Come on, stand with me all over this church. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.